There's a lot of flexibility, but we still get the things we need to get done. Done. There is a lot of flexibility. And that's really important for you. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because a lot of differently wired kids need a lot of structure. And you do. You are someone who needs a schedule and structure. But within that. I can have loads of flexibility. Yeah. I can be like, okay, so I have to do this this many times per week or else. But I can do it whenever I want to as long as I do it. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode features another conversation with my just-turned-12-year-old son, Asher. I've been homeschooling Asher for the past three years, and many people have questions about how we do it, what it looks like, and most importantly, what Asher actually thinks about it. So today we're going to take you behind the scenes and talk about all things homeschooling. And as a side note, this episode focuses on Asher's experiences, but of course, as the homeschooling parent, I have my own challenges, strategies, and point of view. In the next few months, I'll do a follow-up episode that focuses on what I do to make homeschooling work for our family. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about this podcast and Tilt, the revolution for parents raising differently wired kids, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Hey, Asher. Hello, mom and various listeners. So today, as you know, we were going to be talking about homeschooling. Yay! So I thought we could just have a conversation about what our homeschooling looks like and what you think about it, what your experience has been. Because a lot of people are curious A lot of people who don't homeschool and they're curious to know how we do it. And I think it would be interesting to find out what it's like from your point of view. Just a little context. Asher spent his first three years of elementary school going to traditional schools, two private and one public. None of them really worked out super well. So when we made the decision to move from Seattle to Amsterdam, it seemed like a great opportunity to make a radical change and try a totally different approach to education by having me homeschool Asher. I was very much a reluctant homeschooling parent, but I'll tell that story in another episode. For today, just know that we spilled the beans to Asher about the move and homeschooling in one fateful conversation. And while he was furious about the move, the homeschooling part sounded okay to him. One of the first questions I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you remember this, but if you could go back to when we first talked about or first told you that we were going to be homeschooling, it was right at the end of second grade. And I know that it was part of a bigger decision to move to Amsterdam, but what was your kind of initial reaction or thinking about the idea of homeschooling? Do you remember? Well, it sounded cool, but I was kind of disappointed I wasn't going to be able to have any friends at regular school, but I liked the idea of homeschool. What did you think homeschooling was going to be like? I didn't know. I'd never tried it before. So you were concerned about not having friends, but... Something about the idea of homeschooling sounded good to you? Yes. Can you tell me why? Well, it's because the regular school system didn't really work for me. I was like, hey, let's try a different school system. Homeschool system. It's been a couple years since you've been in regular school, but what about it wasn't working for you? What do you remember? Mm, Well, mostly I remember that it was just kind of annoying. Half the time I, I always wasn't paying attention, getting in trouble. And then sometimes it turned out that I already knew all the stuff, and that's why I was so bored. 
Like, for a whole grade, I was just sitting there, and I was like, uh... And I started my own business, and, and then whenever it came time to do tests, I completely aced them, and then I was completely distracted the entire time in class. It was really boring. So boring is what you kind of thought of of school. Yeah, really boring. Was there anything that you liked about school? Uh, well, some of the things were okay. Like being able to bring my book. What do you mean? <laughs> you let me bring my book to school <laughs> for a few days, and I just, like, sat in the classroom reading for the entire week. Your Kindle. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting an email from Mr. Hamby And saying, it's like Asher has <laughs> been reading his Kindle for the entire day. Yes, Asher is no longer allowed to bring his Kindle to school was the email that I received. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think homeschooling was going to be like? Like, what was the picture you had in your head? Well, I pictured it like being a regular school, except with nobody else and with mom and with fun things. And has that panned out? Yes. <laughs> well, we still- And we actually learn things. And we actually learn things. Wow, what a novel Instant. concept. Yeah. <laughs> we actually learn things. <laughs> Can you believe it? Learning in a school? I'm wondering if you can remember our first year, because we just finished our third year of homeschooling. Do you remember? Yeah, first year was kind of tough. What was tough about it for you? Well, I was kind of sad about moving here. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. That first year... I think there was a lot of adjustment and you were really resistant to a lot of the structure yeah. I was trying to create. So I was kind of battling myself because for me, it didn't look the way I thought it was going to look. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. So was it more structured than you thought it would have been? Yeah. Or? What was the hardest adjustment for you when we started to homeschool? I think it was not having anybody else except mom there. And Mickerson, of course. And Mickerson's always with us. Yeah. Because you're a social guy. Yeah. We, like I said earlier, we just finished our third year. We're about to start middle school, our fourth year of homeschooling. And we're still in that same situation. So you still are not going to school with a group of friends. Like, how have you come to terms with that? Or how does that affect you now? Uh, we have playdates often. It's very fun. Do you feel like you get enough time with other kids? Yeah. It's kind of difficult not being able to see anyone different from the usual people you see. Like me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for example, for the whole day. But if you have loads of play dates, that can kind of make up for it, right? But it's still always... Ever so slightly lonelier than it would be if I were just in regular school. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body. And so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. 
The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. It's really interesting talking about this with Asher because while he is a very social guy and loves seeing his friends, the social dynamic at school is actually the thing that dysregulated him more than anything else. More than boring subjects or the demands of the teachers, the unpredictable nature of 20-some other kids in a class day in and day out created a lot of conflict for Asher and was usually the thing that led to his anxiety, frustration, and meltdowns. Homeschooling has allowed me to more or less control the social scene. He still has plenty of opportunity to hang with other kids and learn how to engage in small groups, but usually in more supportive environments or in situations where I can help create the scaffolding he needs so he can actually develop skills from those situations instead of going immediately into fight or flight stress mode. So one of the things that I get a lot of questions about, Asher, is how we actually run our school. And... We made a decision early on that our school would be collaborative. So it's never been me as like the authoritarian teacher. Yeah, ah, do your homework or else. All my work is homework. This is my home. We'll do it anyways. Ah. But even in terms of designing the curriculum, I've worked with outside consultants to help. But I have always approached the beginning of the school year with you as this is our school How do we want to design it? And each year I've given you more and more responsibility or more and more of a say in how we design it. So could you kind of walk listeners through 
how our school is structured, you know, using last year as an example, where you really came up with the whole structure of how we were going to operate. Well, we designed a special schedule. How it works is we have different slots where we can just put in subjects. And we have to do a certain amount of certain subjects per week. So, like, for example, we have to do math every day. Or we might have to do, like, science detective twice a week. Or Mm -hmm. maybe we have to do reading every day. Maybe we want to do baking, right? There's a lot of flexibility, but we still get the things we need to get done. Done. There is a lot of flexibility. And that's really important for you. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because a lot of differently wired kids need a lot of structure. And you do. You are someone who needs a schedule and structure. But within that... I can have loads of flexibility. Yeah. I can be like, okay, so I have to do this this many times per week or else. (laughs) And it's like, but I can do it whenever I want to as long as I do it. Yeah. I'll post an image of the schedule system we created in the show notes. But to paint a picture for you, basically, we have about 30 or so subjects or project ideas that are printed out on strips of thick colored paper. Everything from reading about World War I for history or doing a chemistry experiment or listening to a podcast or tackling an art project. Every morning, Asher goes through these options and chooses what he wants to do that day, then sticks them on the big weekly schedule that's hanging on the wall keeping in mind that there are some subjects we have to do every day, like Dutch or math. The whole system was totally his idea, and because he created it, it works for him. And because it creates structure and a plan for each day, it works for me. Do you want to tell um, listeners what our, how we start our school day? Well, we do a morning meeting. We watch some interesting videos that mom has pulled off the internet. All of them. All of the different internet. No. Yeah, and they could be videos about. Yeah. They could be TED Ed talks. They could be. They could. Yeah, or they could be just random things that were trending on Facebook. They could be the political debates. It could be anything. Yeah, it's kind of like our touching base on what's happening in the world. And then what else do we do in our morning meeting? We do goals of the week on a Monday, and we check in each day where we write down all the things we have to do, like. Do math X times, do science detective X times, bake something tasty, exercise go on every field day, trip, go on a field trip, right? Yeah, and we cross them off. And by the end of the week, we aim to have all of them crossed off. Mm-hmm. We also have something. A week at a glance where we just explain what's going to happen each day. It's like, oh, chill day. This day we go on a field trip. So we. This day we bake apple pie. This day, Oliver is coming over. This day is a weekend, so it shouldn't really be on here. <laughs> we did not put weekends on it, but yeah, we make that on a Monday, and every morning we go over it again, so you know kind of what's happening in the big picture of the week before we get into the specifics, right? Right. And then what is kind of, before we end our morning meeting, what's the big thing that you do? Well, I always do a puzzle. But that's not the big thing. I choose my schedule for the day. So I have two classes, and then we have lunch. Yay! And Well, first I have the morning meeting. Mm-hmm. And then after lunch, we have another class. And then an outing! Yay! And what is the outing? Uh, might be a walk in the park. Might be a field trip. 
Usually, it's just at least yeah. so every day we get our bodies yeah. out during the school day, yeah. And then we have two more subjects, and then we're supposed to do an end-of-day check-in, but we never actually do it. Yeah, that was a good idea. Why don't we do that? I have no idea. Let's make a pact that we will do that starting in sixth grade. But that's more work! We should do that. Deal? Deal. I'll shake on it. Okay. And how long are your classes? Uh, yeah, they're usually about around uh, around 40, 40 floor. Oh <laughs> they're usually around forty five minutes. Yeah, I tried to say around and about at the exact same. Yeah. A, a brown. It's a new word. A brown. <laughs> a brown. Okay. <laughs> and our school runs from what time? Um, usually from about 10... I think 10.07 is technically our official start time. Okay. Until when? Until around 3.30. Yeah. I'd say 3 or 4, depending on what's going on. If it's a field trip, then a lot later. Yeah. Because field trips are often ridiculously interesting, and mom has to drag me away before it closes. Yes, this is true. We've closed many a museum in the Netherlands region. We'll be right back after this quick break. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you think about... I'm curious about the fact that you have been able to co-create the school and come up with the plan for it. How has that impacted how much you like school? Well, first of all, before you answer that, do you like school? Yes, it's amazing. Well, homeschool. Except for the part about not seeing friends. But it's nice to have all this extra flexibility. It's not like, you do math now. You do reading now. And you have to read a book that has really large text and doesn't have any complicated words. 
So you get to be in choice about things. Yeah. Well, and I will say for me, I think that is the best part about homeschooling you is that you are someone who can. Yeah, I can do math when, when it's my best time for doing math. Yeah. Instead of do math when some principal tells me I have to. Well, and also, if you get really immersed in a project... Yeah, then I might want to spend longer on it. And I'm actually okay with that. If I can see that you're really learning valuable skills from it, and you Like, for example, my writing project that I'm working on that also involves a lot of physics. Right. Hint, hint. If you want to work on that... Buy it now. (laughs) This is not an advertisement. (laughs) Only zero dollars and zero cents. But that is one of the benefits, one of the greatest benefits for you, I think, for homeschooling is that if you get really sucked into a project, we can say, you know what? You're really focused. You're getting good work done. You're learning. Go for it. Just spend the rest of the day yeah. doing that. Because again, it doesn't matter. It matters what I do, but it doesn't matter when I do it, as long as I do it. The other thing, you know, as I've homeschooled you, I've learned a lot about who you are as a learner. And I've really come to understand what your ADHD looks like in a classroom, which I didn't realize before I started homeschooling you, and how challenging that must be, both for you and for a teacher, because what do you like to do? Move around. That is what it was when you were first working on, you've written a couple of- Yeah, when I was first working on my book, I literally just ran around saying the entire book and you typed it down. Yes, I was your transcriber- Asher literally would be doing laps in yeah. a, back and forth in the living room, dining room, it's living like, room, dining room. The cat, diamond said, ah, nah, nah. <laughs> the cat was like taking shots at you because he thought you were a toy just for him. <laughs> but it kind of was. But that is your creative process, and you have to be moving. Yeah, and that is really difficult in a classroom because if. You know, it's like, yay, what are you doing? Please return to your seat. And it's like, no. And it's like, that's not a question. I think that that ability for you to be able to move and the ability for you to kind of immerse yourself in projects are, the, for yeah. me, the two best parts of homeschooling. I completely agree. For me, that's the biggest difference. Like, what for you has been, because you've told me, you've said, I love homeschool. You tell me that all the time. What is it about it? Well, and it's amazing you say, which is Um, great. Well, it's a combination of all the different factors that we were talking about. Individually, they're amazing. But together, they're extra amazing. Honestly, this is what keeps me going. He really and truly loves school. He, of course, still has subjects he has to do that wouldn't be his choice. And he still has days where he protests just about everything. But he gets to do enough of the things that really engage him, so that more than makes up for it. Plus, for a kid who used to spend a lot of time with principals and other school administrators, I know he's grateful to be able to learn the way he naturally learns, rather than being reminded every day that he's doing it wrong. Next year, Asher is technically starting sixth grade, so middle school. And as listeners with middle schoolers know, this is the time when things start to get a little more intense and serious. There's more expected of kids, both academically and with regards to executive functioning skills like planning and organizing. So for the past few months, I've been dropping hints that our school is going to change a bit, especially when it comes to what's expected of him. So we're starting middle school this year. So dun, dun, dun. we've talked about the fact that Typically, in middle school, the stakes are a little higher. There's more expected of you in terms of 
what you should be doing academically, but also you working more in autonomously yeah. and being more organized and bigger projects. Yeah. Like, what do you think about all that? Uh, I think it sounds cool. I think it would be nice to have a bit more learning. More learning. Oh, you are going to get it, boy. Yes! <laughs> so we are talking about using more, because in the past I've pieced together curriculums like... Yeah, we're going to use more Science Detective, Khan Academy for Math. more official and, curriculum. Right. So we're going to... And there's going to be more expected of you in terms of sticking to deadlines and... <gasps> are you up for it? <gasps> Wait. <gasps> it's not an answer. It's not an answer. Oh. Are you up for it? <gasps> no. Yes. I'm definitely up for it. At least I hope so. And we have talked about the fact And if that I'm wrong, then I won't admit it. And keep going anyways. And until I'm right. That's a great <laughs> And then I'll still keep going. Because I'll be right. <laughs> that seriously happens to me a lot. It's like, I think I can do it. And if I'm wrong, then I'll keep trying until I do it anyways. And then when I do, I'll be right. And then I'll keep doing it. Because I was right all along. <laughs> all right. That works for you. Sounds good to me. Just with a little practice, I was right. With a little practice, you can be right all along. <laughs> yes. That should be my slogan. We are going to be introducing more formal curriculum this year, likely in the form of some virtual classes with virtual teachers who are much more knowledgeable about certain subjects than I am. And he does seem to be ready and excited about the change. I know Asher well enough to know that there will likely be some big time resistance to the changes, but I'm hopeful that we'll figure out the right balance moving forward. One of the things people ask me all the time is, what is your relationship with Asher like because you know you went from being just his mom to being his teacher and his mom so what what's your perspective on our relationship well during school I think a mom more of as a teacher okay but still just as much of a mom but what but still just as much of a mom okay and then we stop stop schooling she's still an amazing mom yay but you you do kind of see me in two different roles yeah would you say that us homeschooling has strengthened our relationship? Definitely. I would say definitely, too. In what way? Um, I don't really know. We spend a lot of time together. Yeah, that's probably it. It's a good thing we like each other. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add about homeschooling? Or do you think no, we covered it all? Really. Well, I want to thank you once again for kind of opening yourself up and sharing your thoughts on homeschooling today, Ash. You're welcome. And you're welcome too, various readers. <laughs> listeners. Various listeners. All right. <laughs> various readers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Tilled Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including an image of our official school schedule, you can go to tiltparenting.com slash session 21. And as I said in the podcast, I will be doing another episode in the next few months about homeschooling, but from my perspective, where I'll share my goals, process, and strategies for making it work for me while also running tilt and juggling writing projects. If you have any specific questions or topics you'd like me to address in that episode, please leave a comment in the show notes page, which again is at tiltparenting.com slash session 21. 
Lastly, if you like this episode, here's my weekly ask for rating our podcast on iTunes, or if you're feeling extra motivated, writing an honest review. We are one of only 20 podcasts currently featured in iTunes new and noteworthy list of podcasts about kids and family, which is great because it helps more of our audience of parents raising differently wired kids to find us. Ratings and reviews are a big help. Thanks again for tuning in and for more information on the Tilt Revolution to sign up for our community and learn more, visit www.tiltparenting.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.